It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 269, entitled Where There's a Review, There's a Queue. It was recorded on Monday, the 2nd of October, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined by three fabulous guests today. I'm joined by Michelle Frechette, by James Giroux, and by Atif Riaz. We're here to talk about WordPress. It is a WordPress podcast, after all, and there's a lot to talk about. We kick off with a fairly long discussion about WordPress 6.4 Beta 1, what we like about it, what are the features that we think are important in the new upcoming version of WordPress. We then talk about the 2023 annual WordPress survey and how it is your really one opportunity to get your voice heard about the future of WordPress. Should contributions be paid? Certain significant projects in the WordPress ecosystem are very, very crucial. And if the payment is not there, maybe their ongoing nature is going to be under threat. We talk about a podcast episode I did with Juliet Reinders-Folmer. We also get into a conversation Marika van der Rack launched about two sides of WordPress, the commercial side and the community-driven side, and whether the two sides are drifting apart inexorably. Should we be allowed to have onboarding wizards in our theme? The Ollie theme has come under fire this week from certain people in the theme review team, and so we talk about that subject. We also talk about Black Friday and the fact that we've got a deals page all about that. And also we get right at the end, as we always do, into AI and art. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WPBuilds. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and all the other goods, depending on where you may be in the world. Nice to have you with us. Um, it's this week in WordPress. It's My eyesight's so small, and the font above the screen, which says what episode number it is, I can see there's a number, but I can't read it. I need new glasses, but I think it's 269. That is correct. Yeah, okay, yes. thank you. So, episode number 269, and we're joined, as always, by some fabulous people. I will introduce them in just a second. Before that, though, if you fancy commenting on this show at any point, we love that. that really, Actually, do you know what? That really does make the show fabulous. I love it talking to the guests, but it's really nice when some of the comments drop in as well. Um, if you fancy doing that, it's fairly straightforward if you're on our website. The uh, URL for that, if you, if you, I guess maybe some of you are there, uh, is wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you go to that page, you have to be logged into some Google accounts because it's YouTube comments. That seems to be the predominant way that most people do it. It seems to be the, the least friction. The other option is if you're on a Facebook page or group or something like that where this is showing there's a little wrinkle there. You've got to go to wave.video. That's the platform we use, forward slash lives, forward slash Facebook, and authorize um, Facebook to send forth your image and handle. Otherwise, you just come through as anonymous. That's totally fine. You can come through as anonymous. It just makes it a bit difficult for us to know who said what. But that's totally I, I fine. I just want to know, 
Can we actually start the show if we don't know what the weather is like in Connecticut? No. This show <laughs> goes nowhere without <laughs> Peter Ingersoll's first comment. I hope he's made a comment. I don't think he has. No, no, Peter Ingersoll. Imagine a scenario where Peter's not feeling very well. No, we can't. Uh, Atsy, just so that you know, uh, we have this regular contributor called Peter Ingersoll, and every single week he drops in and tells us what the weather is like, oh, wherever that's... he may be at the time, which is usually... <laughs> In Connecticut. It's very strange, but it's become a real tradition. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. We've got three lovely guests today. We'll start off down and there somewhere. Uh, we have Michelle Frechette. How are you doing, Michelle? You've had a busy, busy weekend. Just on the tales of WordCamp Rochester. Yep. And if you've ever been at a WordCamp with me, you understand why I have laryngitis today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, how did it go? It was amazing. It was oh. a small camp. But um, everybody said it was one of the best camps they've been to, which whether that was lip service or not, I will take it. <laughs> when you, how do you quantify small? In your head, what, what does small mean? How many people typically show up to we the had, then? Well, it used to be about 140, and we were at about half of that. So okay. somewhere around 60 to 70 people. And is that the, uh, forgive me, is that the first or second time you've run it since the pandemic ended? or? So we had it once in 2020, which was online. And then not sit, not again since. So this was okay. the first time in person again. Yeah, it feels like the expectation is for numbers to drop, and then hopefully in years to come, the uh, the numbers will ramp to up. Rebuild, again. yes. Yeah, it feels like there's well. an appetite for these events, but uh, just probably a little bit of a rebuild job. Anyway, to give Michelle her proper bio. Michelle Frechette is the Director of Community Engagement for Stella WP at Liquid Web. In addition to her work at Stella WP, Michelle is the podcast barista at WP Coffee Talk, co-founder of Underrepresented in Tech.com, creator of WP Career Pages, the president of the board for BigOrangeHeart.org, Director of Community Relations and contributor at Post Status, um, author, business coach, and a frequent organizer at and speaker at WordPress events, which we've just heard about. She lives outside Rochester, New York, where she's an avid nature photographer. And if you want to find more about her, she's got a personal website, which is meetmichelle.online. M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T. It's the vegetarian. That would be so weird. <laughs> vegetarian option. <laughs> yeah, we could even go vegan on that. If you'd yeah, like. I'm going to go vegan on that. Uh, but somebody would get it wrong. I used to have a thing for WP Builds, and it was called wpbuilds.com forward slash meet. And it was like a it was a room uh, that was open, yeah. and I would go in at various times. Honestly, I did get three or four emails saying, how do you spell meat? Is it M-E-A-T? Which is why I said <laughs> So I actually put on the M-E-A-T page, I put a redirect link, but quickly you got a shot of a steak. <laughs> just, just so that you knew what was going on. Anyway, it oh that, my we're, all, <laughs> we're also joined um, for the first time by Atif Riaz. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, nice. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. It is very rare that we have a guest on who is based in the UK. I think it's been a long time since we've had somebody in the UK. Well, Cameron was on and he was in the UK, but he's not based in the UK. But it does feel like over on... It's in good old blighty, we are we are underrepresented on this show. So thanks for I was your surprised to hear that you're from the UK because, like I said, it's so bright. Wherever, whenever I see your screen, I was like, you can't be in the UK. No, it has to be no, grey. No, <laughs> it's not bright. This is what it's really like. I'm about to turn my lights off. I've got two lights there. This is what it's really like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, this is fake UK. 
<laughs> real UK. This is uh, real UK. It's yeah. a <laughs> anyway, lovely to have you with us. Um, Atif is the operations executive and lead web architect for the Scan Clinic, a health and technology company based in London. He's also part of the infamous crack development team behind the Code Snippets plugin. He lives in London with his wife and two beautiful daughters. He's been working in technology within healthcare for over a decade. That's an interesting subject we've never got into. In his free time, he is an avid traveler and regularly makes his favorite journey between his kitchen and the sofa. I like that. <laughs> Lastly, he would like to preface any public speaking by apologizing in advance for any controversial comments and specifically to Nathan for the multiple shameless plugs <laughs> of code snippets. It will make throughout the stream. I like it. I've already sub subconsciously plugged it there like twice. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Lovely to have you with us. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show and wish to come back. And finally, yes, guess it right. Three out of three. It's James Giroux. How are you doing, James? Now James is muted. <laughs> James, you are muted. Um, Michelle had the same problem earlier. So if, if you toggle the switches and toggle the buttons and it still doesn't work, um, just refresh and just hope. Test, test, yeah, you're back. You're back. Oh. Yeah. One of the funny things about this platform, especially if you use default settings, mm. is there's something that the OS can do and it can kind of somehow interrupt. Um, so if that happens, just go back in and make sure everything's, uh, but we'll, we'll let you know. Anyway, James, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I was just saying you pronounced my name correctly. I think that's the first, first time you've, you've got it right without checking right. yourself yeah yeah i uh i won't get it right ever again but <laughs> for once in my life i did it uh, i'm not going to say your surname from now on because i'm it wrong. james there's a surname there is the founder of team wp and a seasoned veteran in the wordpress community with over 15 years of experience he's collaborated with industry giants but is most passionate about transforming the way we work james specializes in empowering leaders and managers to create open people first cultures, including data-driven insights for actionable strategies. Learn more about his mission at teamwp.co. You can also go and listen to some podcast episodes me and James did on the Tavern website, and you'll find more right. about Team WP. Uh, so yeah, so we've got code snippets over there. We've got Stella WP down there. We've got Team WP over there. WP builds over here. Let's get on with the show, shall we? Before we do that, very quickly, Peter. Oh, thank goodness. Normality is restored to the universe. Hello from Connecticut. It's 16 degrees centigrade. Oh, look at that. 16 and 61. They're palindromic. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. I'll remember that for the future. So is 82 and 28, just in case you wanted to know. Uh, it's 16 degrees, 61 Fahrenheit, heading up to 26 centigrade 79 fahrenheit under sunny skies we're expecting a warm few days that's brilliant thank you we were really worried peter that you know you'd some kind of calamity had befallen you and uh, <laughs> you weren't quite prepared with the weather forecast how do you all from mansfield texas which is in the dallas area good grief it must be crazy early o'clock there we're oh no it's spread <laughs> there's more weather <laughs> oh dear uh we're expecting to hit 83 does that say 93 it's terrifically hot but a cold yeah. front wednesday uh, should knock temps down to where we should be by this time uh, 34 year. in october seems excessively hot <laughs> it was like there's a pattern going on somewhere i believe there's a term for it something global something or other um 
But yeah, let's get on with the WordPress show. We've got absolutely loads of stuff to talk about today, and we'll probably dwell on one particular story more than all the others because I think it's probably the, the most engaging of them all. But uh, let me share the screen and do a few promotional bits. This is the um, this is the website for WP Builds. You know what we do. We produce podcast content each and every week. If you fancy keeping up to date and you put your email address in there, we'll send you two emails, one when this piece comes out tomorrow and one when we produce the podcast episode on Thursday. And we are sponsored by GoDaddy Pro. So big thank you. Look at that. They make the mouse go big. Um, they are sponsors of WP Builds, and we're very, very grateful for, to them for that. The other thing to mention, again, bit of self-promotion. Do apologize. I'll get this done quickly. Uh, Black Friday is not that far away. Actually, it's really far away, but I keep saying it's not that far away. And if, you, if you're into WordPress-y deals, so plugins, themes, blocks, whatever, hosting, uh, then we have a page for that. And we do every year. We have them for ages. It gets quite a lot of views. And this year, hopefully, will be no different. We are looking for sponsors to make this page possible. Uh, the page... URL is wpbuilds.com forward slash black. That's pretty easy to remember, forward slash black. And so we're looking for sponsors. You can see those sponsor slots would look like this. But we're also looking for deals. I've only had two so far. That will ramp up inexorably, I'm sure. And the way you're going to do that is to go to that page and click this add a deal button. So if you've got a product, service, whatever, click that deal and we'll stick you on the page if it's a match. You know, if honestly, every year I get loads of things about t-shirts and skateboards and they're not going on this page because it's nothing to do with WordPress. But if you send me a WordPressy thing, Bob's your uncle, it'll go up there. Do you say Bob's your uncle elsewhere in the world? Or is that like a UK thing? We say it here yes. in Canada. Yeah. If you say it in the US, they have no idea what you're talking about. It just means, look, it's done. It's like, it's, yeah, it's finished. I mean, I'm what? I'm aware because I have yeah. a lot of friends over there, but okay. most people here have no clue. Yeah. My, my wife's uncle's name is Bob. <laughs> in our house, it's just uh, Bob's your uncle. Yes, he is. That's right. Oh, my uncle was I, I have an Uncle Bob on both sides of the family, so. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's plural. Your uncle. Yeah, <laughs> Okie doke. Let's get stuck into the WordPress news. Here we go. So WordPress 6.4 beta 1 has been announced. Um, if, you, if you're really new to WordPress, I don't suppose many on this audience are, but if you're new to WordPress, uh, the software has to be tested. You can't just ship a piece of software that's brand new that hasn't been like tested in the wild. If you're working for a company, you can obviously test that internally, but the way WordPress works with millions of sites with millions and probably even hundreds of millions of permutations of plugins and all that. It needs to be tested by the community. So we ship these beta versions. You go download it, do not put it on a production site, and then you give your feedback. You know, if it's all fine, you can say that. If things are broken, you can say that. Uh, so 6.4 beta 1 is the first beta. Typically, we go through three rounds of that. Uh, it's mooted to be downloadable in its final um stable form uh, later in the year. But there's information on this page, which I'll link to in the show notes all about that. But this is kind of interesting. Uh, WordPress is part of what's called the HackerOne um, vulnerability um, service. So HackerOne is an organization which if you run software, if you own software, you can get people to ethically hack your software and report it through that program. If you report something which turns out to be genuine and was an actual bug, depending on the sort of level of the problem, you can get paid for that work. So rather than being a silly person and going out and exploiting things in the wild for your own profit, 
<laughs> I had to think a moment to say a different word, not <laughs> silly. Um, in you can get paid for being ethical. So that has now, uh, well, I mean, it's been around for a while, but they're doubling the the bounty. I don't actually know what the bounties are in terms of dollars, but they're doubling that. But here we are. We have a new theme, 2024. It looks radically different from other themes that we've had before because it's got a massive, massive collection of block patterns and templates that ship with it. You're also going to be able to manage your fonts across your site in much the same way that you manage media at the moment. So at the moment, managing fonts is a bit of a pain. But in the future, you'll be able to do that in one unique interface, which is kind of nice, um, especially as it, fonts and where you have them stored is, is becoming more important. There's going to be lightbox functionality for your images. So think of like a pop-up or something like that. New improvements to the to the writing experience. There'll be things added to the uh, navigation, the list and the quote blocks as well. More design tools, background images for group blocks will be thrown in. You'll be able to assign aspect ratios for image placeholders. That's kind of cool. If you want it square, you now make sure it's square. Buttons and heading color customization in groups and adjustments to settings of synced patterns. Sorry, alignment of settings for synced patterns. Uh, lots of new things coming into the command palette, which is a bit like Spotlight on the Mac. You'll be able to do a whole load of things, including a range of commands which are specific to certain blocks. Lots more things coming in terms of patterns, uh, especially this. This is brilliant. Block hooks. So your theme authors will be able to hook into certain blocks and say, well, every time there's a comment block, put this thing after it. And that could be, I don't know, a social share block, or it could just be you going, hey, comment above or whatever. That's kind of nice. And 70 accessibility improvements, 60 of which are going to ship with the first beta. And performance improvements, which we always get from the fabulous new performance teams. Not that new anymore, but you get the idea. So loads of nice stuff in there. I'm going to hand it over. Um, if anybody's got anything they want to add about that, uh, just chip in whenever you feel you want to say something. This, is also, <laughs> this is also the underrepresented gender uh, release squad as well. So this is coming to you from um, just a bunch of amazing people. I'm on the marketing team for this release. And when it feels sometimes like things, like change happens slowly, when we look at things over time and it feels like things take forever, I can tell you that sitting in those channels on Slack makes it feel like it's going a million miles per hour. So always bear with us. If anybody has ever done any development and been part of a project like this, you know that there the checks and balances and things that go into it, but it feels like it's going at breakneck speed. So yeah, so get in there, test the beta or beta, as Nathan says. <laughs> <laughs> but get in there, test it, see what you like, um, report anything that's not working uh, as as you would expect it to, because we want it to release the best possible that we possibly can. So, thank you, Michelle. Anybody else want to give something in that? Just interesting to see. Um, how far we've come like it feels like gutenberg the anti-gutenberg crowd right like that whole movement when we when it first launched a few years ago it's it's now sort of like here and gutenberg is it we're still calling it gutenberg although it should be just the wordpress editor i guess yeah yeah but like just marveling like the we think about these things, you know, it's kind of after they've happened, but 
the leadership and the vision to actually say, no, this is the direction we need to go as a platform and having to convince enough people in those early days to make it happen and then know that the first few rounds of it were going to be building rounds and iterative, this iterative approach. It's so incredible now to see how far it's come as a builder, as, as a tool. Um, and it's quite exciting. I think, you know, we're, we're really getting close to feature parity with things like Squarespace and Wix to a point where that, that original thinking of being competitive with those, those, um, big budget platforms is now something that's, that's really here. So it's quite exciting. Nice. Very nice. Um, Artif, anything? Yeah, I actually just want to say, you know, it's, it's, is, I've noticed myself that updates are becoming more, more frequent. So that's always definitely something good, good to see. Um, I, I, I maybe, or maybe on the other side, maybe James, James right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Um, I, I still, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of, I would say, uh, Gutenberg, um, but it's nice to see it going in uh, a good direction is what I would say. Yeah. When I was reading that piece, the, and bear in mind, this is a beta release. Uh, I was, I really had to think long and hard about which pieces I was going to highlight. And I, I left quite a lot out. And I, I, I always get this when we get to this beta release, there's always way more than we can talk about in a show like mm. this. We could literally spend the entire show just taking that apart paragraph by paragraph but there really is genuinely an awful lot in there especially mm. just for people who are implementing websites who are interested in block themes block patterns and theme developers and things like that but also just the ability to like the command palette the idea that you can just go in there and type if you've got a, a problem in the past you'd end up on google searching for articles all over the place just how do i find this now there's that little tool which gets you wherever you want to go in record time we're heading towards a new media manager at some point it's not here but at some point that's going to be part of the deal here and having Google Fonts in a, oh, sorry, I say Google Fonts, any font, but I think Google Fonts are probably going to be part of that package. Any font in its own little dedicated interface. It's just, there's just so much in here. The 2024 theme, if you've looked at it, is, is not really like another theme you've, we've had before in that it's a theme, but with the click of a button, you can really change the way it looks. It's kind of designed, it says, I mean, this is so wide ranging. It says use cases include, and I'll quote, entrepreneurs, small businesses, artists, writers. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of almost anybody online, really. <laughs> but, but the uh, the point is, it really is that versatile. So it, it's written up in this nice little article, but it is fair mind blowing uh, in my book. So, as Michelle said, if you if you wouldn't mind testing it. Uh, the enterprise, you know, you don't have to go soup to nuts on it. You can download it, and the instructions are on the on the article. In fact, I'll just pop that back on the screen because you might be able to read it whilst I'm talking. Uh, there's the instructions of how to do it. There's um there's a really simple plugin that you can download, which makes all of this really possible. Uh, you, the WordPress beta tester plugin. You can download that from .org on a local website, and honestly, it like 20 seconds later, you're up and running with this new um, new beta one. Um, and go and test it and then just give, give some feedback. Even if that's just to say, I, I like it, it's going in the right direction. This all seems to be fine. But obviously, if you've got a concoction of themes or plugins that you typically use, this is now the time to start reporting those things and maybe even get in touch with the developers of themes and plugins and so on and saying, hang on a minute, have you noticed these problems? So, yeah. 
Uh, G- Thomas has got a little comment for us. Thomas to space. What a fabulous moniker. Um, I love the font additions, mostly since Google fonts get loaded everywhere, and this implementation downloads the Google fonts once and doesn't load them on every page load. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So you can, with the click of a bot, basically, your Google font gets loaded locally, which is how it really, these, these days, it should be done. And uh, so that's a, just another little improvement under the hood, which makes this so worthwhile. So 6.4, beta 1, go check it out. Now, aside from the software um, being updated, it would be really nice to know where the project should be going into the future. And I'm about to show the most useless page in history uh, because (laughs) I've already completed the survey. And whatever voodoo they've got going on with cookies or fingerprinting, it won't allow me to show you the, the other page. This is an incognito window. It shouldn't show me this, but it's showing me this. Um, But this is the WordPress annual survey, 2023. And I'll read. I'm in another browser reading it. You you get the idea. Your voice matters to the WordPress projects. Thank you for taking a moment to complete the the annual WordPress survey. This year's survey has a new interface, mm, uh, which will make completing the survey easier and hopefully fun. Each year, members of the WordPress community, that's users, site builders, extenders, contributors, provide valuable feedback through the annual survey. Key takeaways and trends that emerge from this survey often find their way into the annual state of the word address are shared on the public project blogs and can influence the direction and strategy of the WordPress project. Basically, if you don't fill this out and you complain, you're (laughs) kind of shouting into the void a bit, aren't you, really? Um, I will link to this in the show notes because the URL is a little bit tricky. Um, but if you if you have any inclination of making WordPress better, then go here. You know, go here and fill out the survey. Uh, it doesn't take long, maybe ten minutes or something like that, and uh, you can get your get your um, opinion heard. Uh, Courtney's joining us. Hello, Courtney. It was weird that they asked me my exact. I've forgotten that exact age versus a range. Yeah, did you tell the truth, Courtney? I uh, I kind of hovered <laughs> over the. Uh, <laughs> begins with a two. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, thank you for joining us, Courtney. So please go and check that out. I don't know if you three have got anything to add about that. I did it on my mobile, which apparently was a different experience than people had on desktop. Which, from what yeah. I've heard, people say, which is very interesting to me. So, oh, did I you? Kind of, was it harder on the mobile? Do you imagine? I thought I think it was easier from oh, what people were saying as far as like um, you know listing things in order of importance for you, for example, was easier to do on mobile than it was on desktop. At least that's what I've been seeing through Twitter. Yeah, okay. okay. So uh, yeah. interesting. Okay, James. Oh yeah, I I mean, I've, as somebody who does surveys for a living at this <laughs> point, <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting. Um, a lot of what's on here, not a lot of hows. So I think. Um, I would love to see um, an annual survey speak not just to what's being built, but how we're building it, how we're we're collectively um, organizing, because it is about the community as much as it is about um, the actual output of of what gets delivered. Um, and I find um, these surveys are great at sort of like pinpointing maybe like the direction the, the overall project could go, but that's only half of it. I mean, we're talking now about um, an underrepresented gender-led um, uh, release, and I think more of that kind of conversation 
should be part of an annual survey that's organized in this way by um, the foundation. And hopefully in the future, we'll see more of that coming through. Nice. Thank you, James. Atif, anything to add? Yeah, no, I didn't really struggle. I found it pretty straightforward to, to do. Um, I, I did do it very begrudgingly because as a Brit, we like to just complain, but not actually do anything. Yes, that's right. So I didn't yeah. feel comfortable no. actually saying this, that, the other. I've written I just want to complain. Yeah, <laughs> but um, maybe this is something that's available. I don't know, but it would be good to see what exactly they do with the information. Is there like any statistics or things? I mean, there may be police, but it'd be good if there was a nice place to see that. <laughs> You know, it's true. That's why I'm laughing. This is what we like to do. We like to complain, but not actually having solutions or any other further comments. Just, this is rubbish. Wait, we complain. <laughs> we complain so much. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I was just thinking that the final comment where they, you know, in a, in a typical feedback form, any other comments? <laughs> there wasn't enough options to complain about things. There really weren't enough complaint options. Oh, that's brilliant. What a lovely... What... <laughs> Lovely comment. I actually had water coming out my eyes. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> We're it's so famous. Through the, the roof. That's where yeah. the rain outside. <laughs> the Australians basically refer to us as whinging poms. Poms is like the, mm. the you know the sort of jokey way of calling British people, but they always preface it with a whinging. <laughs> just, just moan all the time. That's brilliant. Um, right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. Please, please go and fill that format. If you've got any interest in the long-term future of the project, this is one of the few moments where you actually get to have your, your voice heard. You know, you can go onto Slack and all of those places, and uh, it's it's not going to be probably have – well, I don't know. It's probably a silly sentence to utter, but go and fill that out. At least you get your voice heard. Okay, this next one is really interesting. I did a fabulous podcast with uh, Juliet Rinders Fulmar, and uh, I confess this was one of those – podcast episodes a it raised the subject that i didn't really know much about and b it was totally above my pay grade um so juliet is one of three people but basically she is the person who is in charge or well in charge is maybe the wrong word she oversees she puts more into it than anybody else of the wpcs project wpcs is the code sniffer project and if you're a plugin developer then this this kind of is a really important bit of um, bit of the the puzzle for you. It's not something I ever used, but it enab it enables you to um, integrate it with your IDE, and it enables you to to benefit from um, the years of time that she and various other people have put into the project to help you write better code, more compliant WordPress compliant code. And this project is kind of a, a, an underpinning, really, of the WordPress project as a whole. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, this drawing, which makes its way out online from time to time. It's like a, a house which is basically built, but half of the foundations are missing and are just held up by one Lego block. And if that Lego block was just kicked out, which it could be at any moment, obviously the whole house would fall over. Mm. And the, the idea is that Juliet, is that Lego piece. If Juliet is, and the phrase is hit by a boss, I know it's not very pleasant, but that's the phrase. If Juliet is hit by a boss, that whole integral underpinning of the project kind of is shaken. There are a couple of people who help her from time to time, but not at the level she's at, but she's met with burnout. She's met with enough is enough. I can't keep doing this on a voluntary basis. And it, from what she was saying to me, it really does sound like she is treating this 
almost like full-time work. She She's so dedicated to it. But she said, nope, I can't do it anymore. I, I need to be paid for this work. And so that was the debate. She outlined her case. I gave her that platform. But I am really interested to know what you three think about this. You know, we're so used to, in every regard on WordPress, you know, we've just seen the 6.4 uh, beta release. Tons of voluntary hours have gone into that. I just wonder, are there any things which are so crucial to WordPress that we need to pay the people to do it? And that is such an interesting conversation to have. So I'm going to pass this first of all to Michelle, because I know that you, I know that you have opinions around this based upon events, and you might like to begin right. there, I guess. Sure. So um, the events that I've done through uh, through Post Status, so last year we had our first ever uh, career summit, and we paid our speakers to be part of that. We have another one coming up. We're actually having to move the date. Uh, more on that later. But uh, we are paying our speakers for that as well. and. With underrepresentedintech.com, we are releasing, starting, I believe, next week, uh, a whole series of webinars, which are panel discussions with different subgroups of underrepresentation. So, for example, I did a panel discussion with Black men in tech, and we paid all of those people as well to be part of that because we don't believe that people should be contributing without some kind of not just recognition, but compensation for their time, especially when it comes to underrepresented folks uh, who are already doing so much of the work for less than most others are receiving. And so I'm making blanket statements, and I realize that it isn't always true of every person, so don't come at me for that. But, but historically speaking, underrepresented folks are given a lot less um, in compensation and recognition for the work that they do. And so anything that I'm involved in that I'm allowed to pay people. Obviously, I can't for WordCamp because that's not something mm -hmm. that's in my purview. Um, I will always champion um, monetarily compensating people for the work that they do if and whenever possible. Yeah, it's interesting because everything that you've just said makes perfect sense. And But I'm, I'm guessing, Michelle, you're a bit like me in that you probably don't have any hands-on uh, familiarity with this thing. Uh, WPCS. No, me neither. Like, really nothing. I mean, I really didn't interact with it at all. So, I mean, at the beginning, before we hit record, she really had to go and explain what it was, how it worked. And she very quickly made a fairly compelling case for, look, if this thing fails, we are all, we're really all going to suffer because so many people that make the bits and the pieces that make WordPress interesting, core, plugins, blocks, and all of that, they need to be checked. And you can do that manually, or you can adopt some sort of automated solution like Juliet uh, is implementing. And it mm -hmm. kind of just made me think, I wonder if there's a class of contributions that are just so crucial that that either there's loads of volunteers making sure that the boss problem is eradicated. You know, it's just there's hundreds of people, all of them willing to do the time. That's fine. But what if it's like this one where... There just doesn't seem to be the interest. Over over a decade or more, Juliet's been banging the gong of, well, please, will you come and help me? But A, um, it's far too technical. And she goes in to explain that. It is a really thoroughly technical job. Um, you have to be in the weeds of PHP and all these other uh, open source projects. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. 
And people are typically, if they're that experienced, they're well paid doing something else. But anyway, I, I think I've made the point. It's important. And I wonder, James or Atif, if if there is some some little subset of jobs which are just like, no, we really should pay for that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree at all. I'm my head jumps into solution mode right away though, which is yeah. probably not great either. But you know, we have um you know, within WordCamps, these, you know, three tiers of top level sponsorships that people can do in order to be like, you know, like a, a top tier sponsor. And, and I think the prices even went up this year or something by a significant amount um, just to be, you know, having your logo on all of the WordCamps. I wonder if there's an opportunity for us to do something like that as well with our mission critical, highly technical roles. Because I agree with I agree with her. No one should be feeling that sense of pressure or obligation to contribute because if they don't, it won't happen and things will break. And then who ends up actually facing the backlash from that? It's not WordPress that faces the backlash. It'll be her, right? And imagine that kind of pressure being put on an individual as well who is just doing their best to contribute their skills and, and abilities to something that they love. Right. Um, I'd be really worried for her. And I am worried for her that, you know, if burnout is something that she's facing, we need to rally around her and others like her and support her and figure out as, as a community how to offload some of that pressure. Right. Like, how can we um, make sure that she doesn't feel that sense of, of ownership alone? Um, and, and look for opportunities. Succession planning is maybe one thing as well, like with Mika Epstein in, in the plugin review as well, right? Like we've had another person who probably felt very similar, right? Like I'm holding this all together and yes, I've got supporters that are helping me, but it's me and, and having to, to finally let go is, is a big deal. Yeah. Um, she, she well, did to touch on a point that you raised there, which I didn't raise cause I forgot she uh, she did say that she's actually had um, during the course of her career. So I couldn't say when this was. She did get threats. She was actually oh. threatened uh, on a variety of occasions for. Uh, I guess cool. it kind of was. We need this doing. Why didn't you do it? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that is another part of the painting, really, which I think makes it almost too unmanageable. You know, she's just sort of suffering this stuff in silence. But she did, again, James, to your point, she she wondered if there was a future in which there was like a five for the future type of deal. So a, a set of projects within WordPress that are so crucial, but probably unknown or not widely known, that get some kind of share of that pot. So it could be the, the WordCamp sponsor pot or, or whatever pot, or maybe there's a new pot um, she mentioned the WP Community Collective uh, as a possible route to doing this. Maybe there could be some kind of, I always forget the word. What's the word for the programs that they have? The It's like a scholarship or something like that. Um, there could that, that maybe would be a route to doing it, and then people could donate in, individually. But she really, she thought maybe that it would be for business because they've just got the, they've got the wallet that's deep enough to do this and having thousands of contributors do donate a handful of dollars doesn't really provide that sustainability. Whereas if a few of the big companies could just create a big pot, uh, just like that, Nathan, just off they go. Um, but wouldn't that be an interesting proposition? And then in some way, those sponsors get the recognition that they need 
for that contribution elsewhere, maybe in WordCamps or something like that. Anyway, so I wanted to raise that as the threat piece, which I forgot to mention. So Atif, I don't know if this, I don't know if you, being a developer and all of that, I don't know if you've ever come across this and used it or. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, definitely. It's, um, it, it sometimes can be like the most annoying thing, actually, because. Then, <laughs> yeah, she said that reason. as well. <laughs> Because like you will like so hard on a, on a feature or something to implement and then, oh, I've got like tons of errors now and the tons of things just to tidy up, uh, but yeah. well, we all do it. You know, it's, I think that's one thing which is important to mention, you know, we're, we can all overlook some things, but it's really important, I think, to have coding standards because that's, you know, it's kind of a fundamental. It's, um, if you're building, I don't know, anything like a house, an example, you don't have any standards on how to build a house, then you could have a street, which every house is built differently. And like you give the analogy of the Lego uh, in the building, it can impact on uh, other houses. If something's not done correctly, it can impact on the whole street. So uh, it was actually just a shock and more surprise for me just reading a little bit about it, the actual real life situation. And um, um, yeah, I can't say I have any specific uh, answers to it, but if, as an example, if I was making a plugin just completely separate and as an idea, I had to, contribute something a small amount just to get my plugin on the the repo but i know that it helps to support some teams that do this kind of work on developing the code standards but also maybe it helps to support the team that are doing the actual review process i think i'd be more than willing to do that if it's this is the problem of our time in our community isn't it it's trying to square the circle between business and community and it's just it is like a fitting a square peg through a round hole there's so many there are so many ideas that could work, which won't work. Yeah. So many ideas that won't work, which we would love to work and all that. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. I, I do wish I had the answer, but thank you for those people who are making comments. Just one um, other small point. Yeah. Sorry. I interrupted. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Just one other small point, which I think is the whole point of having standards, like we said, is, you know, things are done in a consistent way. And by making sure these standards are done, I think it opens the door to have finding new ways of, so like example, Peach are going to come to later about the review of, of plugins and it's such a long waiting list. You know, if there are these standards, then definitely there may be ways to, you know, with some of the newer tools and having AI helping to just verify things because it knows these are some set standards you have to follow. It may help to release some of that burden and pressure. But it's really important, definitely. And more voice should be given to to this uh, to this topic, I think. Yeah, it, it, one of the things that was just really interesting to me is because I'm not really developing in the way that you are, this just totally flew under the radar. And it, it only came to my attention because this got flagged on the tavern by Sarah Gooding. I can't remember how she picked it up, but she did. Um, but then it just made me think about, you know, that whole Lego holding up the building piece. Mm. That's so true in this case. Um Da, da, da. Let's have a look at some of the. We're uh, all kept in dark rooms. Developers yeah, yeah, yeah. In, like, what you doing? Dark rooms. We don't have any nice fancy studio. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. That's this right. Is... <laughs> we need studio. That's what everybody should contribute to. <laughs> Studios are us. Uh, so here we go. Um, Courtney says WPCS WP Code Sniffer is the backbone of core plugins, themes, etc. The repository use it to scan for compatibility. She goes on. Uh, it is one of the most technical. Technical knowledge requirements we all depend upon. Yeah, I tried to make that point. I'm not sure that came through in the podcast so well, but thank you. Um, and the boss factor is certainly a great metric to track within WordPress stats stroke dashboard. All the sub projects need to have awareness of such metrics. And then finally, uh, 
Uh, she writes, at WordCamp US, much conversation was had with the hosting team and plugins too. Efforts among those who most depend upon the work she does to serve customers makes sense. It's just one of those situations where you've just had a really decent person donating so much time for for no gain that it it's almost like, well, Juliet will do it. You know, just like, just she'll do it. She always does it. I think it's a big shame as well that her name isn't really known. I mean, maybe you guys all know her or have an idea who she is, but for someone who's actually a developer, I, had, I didn't know who she was. And I think it's a real crying shame that she's done so much, but her name isn't more widely known. Yeah. And she, she really doesn't seem to get many people involved. I think it's the high level of technical knowledge. Uh, Thomas, thank you very much. Uh, says it's also not just WordPress. There's PHPCS. Yeah. yeah, she's one of the core contributors to that as well as well as PHP utils as well, uh, which is highly dependent on the, P on the PHP world as well. Yeah, so she's got her fingers in all those pies, and I imagine that a lot of that edifice, I'm glad I got to use the word edifice in this episode, <laughs> my life is complete. Um, on, on that edifice, she, uh, she, she really does. She seems to be important in all of those different ecosystems, but WordPress is a significant one. Uh, so anyway, please, if you can come up with some ingenious way, reach out to her. It's on WP Tavern. It's episode number 92 of the podcast section. And uh, there is her socials and things listed on there. If you can come up with a way of making it possible for her to contribute. Yeah, she's very well known in the PH community. PHP, sorry, community specifically. You know, Thank I, you. Nathan, I thought you said Orifice for a moment. And I was like, what? Well, <laughs> no, that would be an entirely different medical-based <laughs> podcast. We're, we're not going there. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to this one. Uh, this is a community piece, but it's nothing to do with code specifically. I just caught sight of this one just a couple of days ago, and I just thought this was so worth mentioning. Okay, so to paraphrase, over on poststatus.com on the 28th of September, Marika, formerly CEO and founder uh, of Yoast, um, she penned this piece called Two Worlds, of WordPress, and I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, she she sees this. Oh, I'm going to use another word: bifurcation of the WordPress community. She sees that the community is kind of getting split into two different directions, hence bifurcate. And one of those is the the, the community that we're all kind of a part of now. The you know the philanthropic side, the people who. Uh, contribute to the open source project, they're attending events and all of this kind of stuff. And then there's the other side, which is the let's make money from WordPress, um, business opportunities, business community. And she's not trying to say the two shouldn't exist because they should, right? It's very healthy that we've got uh, profitable businesses in the WordPress space. But her, her worry is that the two are growing far enough apart that it's like those two people at the end, each at the end of a giant dining table, shouting each other, pass the salt. And the only way to get the salt is A, to hear that the other person's requested it. And then you've got to get up and walk down the table if you can be bothered and then hand it over. In other words, it's getting more and more difficult for these two different communities to, to agree on things, to even view the project in the same light, to, to view WordPress as the same thing. And she hasn't got a solution, but she is saying she's going to keep an eye on it. On post status, she's going to start writing a weekly column uh, where she tries to figure out how the two things can be uh, gelled back together again. So 
that's the enterprise. I, for my part, I think she's right. I feel this, and I have conversations with people. I'm sure many of you do too. I, I speak to the business community, and I speak to the the people in just the, well, let's just call it community, and I feel them cross with each other. I feel an underlying sense of injustice, um, no names to be mentioned, but, you know, over there they're doing all this, over there they're doing all this and undermining each other. <clears throat> I don't have an answer, but Marika hopefully will. So I just wanted to raise it. If you've got any intuitions on this or you felt anything like this or you disagree with her, uh, Atif, James, Michelle, chipping. I feel like it's, it's a Venn diagram, right? So there's two circles nice. and representing, but there is some overlap for some of us who work in community and work for big companies like this. I would argue almost that there's a third circle for who, people who are users of WordPress who don't necessarily feel an affiliation with either one of those things, right? So it's this little orb on its own. So there's lots of people who have no idea there's a community who buy the products or just use it for free and don't feel like they're part of either one of those things. Like, you know, many bloggers, for example, who are using WordPress just to as a diary. Um, but yeah, I think that at times those the Venn diagram gets closer and the the, the crossover is bigger. You know, th is a larger piece, and sometimes it's further apart and maybe barely touching. And so I think I agree with her that I I don't like when things are splitting so dynamically that we feel like we're coming from two separate worlds within the same community. Um, because some of us do live in that middle space and it gets uncomfortable sometimes. I don't really have any, okay, I'm not going to name any names or do I, I don't really have an intuition on how to fix this, but the bit that I hear more on the community side is, and the word hate is often used. I hate how the money has got into WordPress. That seems to be the argument on that side. It's all about the money now, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side, I hear the, you know, but we're just trying to make a living and all of those kind of things. And, um, yeah, I, I don't have the perfect answer for that, but I do like your Venn diagram. It's much better than my metaphor of the big, long dining table, because you're right. They do overlap, but I do feel that they're getting further apart. And resentment from one side, you know, if you're volunteering hours like Juliet, for example, and you're seeing these larger companies, again, naming no names, but some of these larger companies turning what to you looks like crazy profits and you think well hang on a minute where's the economist nature of this how come i'm giving up all my time and all of this and i do feel that that, that glue which used to begin at the beginning used to be there at the beginning of any open source project is, is sort of starting to decay and get rendered a bit the best analogy i've got is my my thoughts around google like when google came out it did nothing but great stuff i was just a complete evangelical google user now it's a bit more like, hmm, yeah, Google's built something. Not sure I want to use that. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, anyway, analogy. James or Atif, go for it. James. <laughs> James, you have got muted again, so I'll go to Atif while you... I agree with you. With yourself. Whatever he just said, I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm agreeing with James as well. That was so profound, James. That was the In point like of the show. In words, he summed it up. <laughs> it's, it's the software, I promise. <laughs> it is the software. Um, <laughs> I didn't double check before I, I opened my mouth. Um, I, I look at it as two camps as well. I think uh, Michelle's Venn diagram works really well, but I consider it, you know, we started out... Um, and this, there was this idea of making money with WordPress. Um, and uh, we've 
we were seeing the transition to making money from WordPress. And when you operate from a world of making money from WordPress, that's where you have executives, investors, um, you know, those um, equity sort of like investors and in, in larger companies looking at WordPress as a commodity with which to generate additional revenue to satisfy their financial goals. Um, on the other side, you've got this make money with WordPress, which is that much more, this is a tool, this is a community. We're built, yes, absolutely, we're going to generate revenue out of it. But that community feel is a big part of it. And when you have those two philosophies on either side, um, you get extremes in both, right? Often you have people on the make money from WordPress side that recognize, oh, hey, if I want to make money from WordPress, I've got to figure out how to make money with WordPress. And that's actually the way to do it well. That's the way to succeed here. But then you also have the extreme on the other side, you know, where it's like, no, big money is here to you know, make it possible for me to, to make with WordPress, right? And they forget that money part, you know, they just assume it's going to happen or it's going to drop into their, their bucket and figuring out how to get them back to that, make, make money with WordPress. Part of it has to have a conversation with um, people and we have to balance the needs of both. I don't envy the foundation being stuck in the middle of that. I do wonder, you know, talking about our previous story, if, you know, if the foundation was in a place where it was actually able to independently generate revenue on its own, how that would impact the conversation as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and what how, what that would do as far as like where it dedicates dollars, as far as like the contributors it invests in, um, and how it generates revenue, right? Like all that, like there's just a whole bunch of different conversations that come out of that as well. Um, but yeah, I think you know, like figuring out that it's not bad to make money with WordPress and it's not bad to make money from WordPress. But as soon as you start to get to either extreme of those things, the conversation becomes less valuable and, um, you know, let's keep moving everyone toward that, that middle view. I said it was going to be profound. Mm. You see, that was a brilliant summation of it. I've actually mm. written some of what you said down because I didn't want to get it wrong. With versus off or yeah. with versus from. <laughs> versus That's it, from. isn't it? That in a yeah. nutshell is it. I hadn't really thought about it in those terms. That's brilliant. Okay, thank you. I'm just going to quote Marika. Her, her impression was this. In the past few years, gradually, I feel like these two WordPress worlds have drifted apart, and I don't think that that is a good trend. So, Atif, mm. over to you if you've got anything on that. Yeah, no, I... Um, I don't think I can say it better than, than Michelle or James, but uh, I actually, uh, ultimately, you know, the success, we have to be realistic and pragmatic as well. The success of any project ultimately will come down to this money and revenue generating because uh, I can use cold snippets as an example. It's been around for 10 plus years. I've not been a part of it for that much time, but um, it was been a free from majority of that time. It's been a free plugin. Only I think maybe two, two years now it's been, they had pro version where you pay and that had to be done because at one point it's only so much you can do for free to have the free plugin. It's only so much more features and things that we can add in because that all takes time and that takes, uh, you know, development time, marketing time, all these other things. So definitely these two worlds, they have to find a way to coexist in a way which can satisfy everybody. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna grow. 
the project will ultimately go down if, if money's not being generated. It is the drifting apart bit that I think is the key of this story. It's like like everybody knows that they're separate, but it's mm. just, as Marika says, it's just the fact that it, I think she's right. I think they are getting further and further apart and past the salt is becoming harder and harder to say and hear on both sides. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I don't have the answer, but what I'm going to say is go to post status, search for two worlds of WordPress. Uh, it was September, the eyesight is failing me, September the 28th. Uh, you can find it there. And if, if Marika uh, keeps up with that and says she, she said she was going to write something weekly or thereabouts, and hopefully you'll be able to hear her because she she knows all the people, right? I reckon she's the perfect person. She knows everybody in our community, and so she'll be able to begin that conversation and make it count. Uh, Peter, I'm going to read it into the record. It was on the screen for a while. Uh, agree with Michelle 100%. As a DR, as a WP DIY advocate, the group of, in, air quote, in quote, sorry, innocent users is often overlooked or at least not considered enough. Continues, while it's difficult to get the numbers, I believe that the vast majority of WordPress users have no engagement with the community, however that's defined. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that makes sense to me, Peter. I would imagine most of the people that are using WordPress have no idea that there's anything going on behind the, the you know behind the scenes they probably just imagine there's a company somewhere with paid employees who are just banging it out and yeah that's there you go and also let's be wary of echo chambers as always thank you peter for your comments that's really interesting okay so keep your eye out on that that's going to be a story which will continue okay right i think this is the piece for the week uh, that's probably going to dominate the conversation could be wrong uh, it's all about a theme called Ollie. We've actually mentioned it on this and various other things that I've done. Uh, Ollie is a theme created by a developer who's been in the WordPress theme space for a really long time, uh, Mike McAllister. And he released this block-based theme um, a, a little while ago, and he has been trying to get it into the repository. When I interviewed him, I think it was for the Tavern, there was only a, you had to go to a GitHub repository and download it. And presumably that's still the way it is because the story goes like this. He's been trying to get it into the repository, but he's been getting some pushback from the, the theme review team because inside of his theme is an onboarding wizard. And that onboarding wizard, I confess I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't even seen screenshots of it, but it, it is felt by some on the theme review team that that's a step too far and it, it will give him in the future some sort of commercial advantage. In other words, if you want to have this kind of onboarding wizard thing in your theme, why not make a plugin for that and then have people, I don't know, click a button, download that plugin and then go through that. Uh, so, Two sides that are listed in this article. It's on WP Tavern. It's called Ollie Theme Faces Pushback from WordPress Theme Review Team. Uh, Justin Tadlock, on the one hand, who's on the theme review team, saying he thinks that this should get a pass. The reason he thinks it should get a pass is, A, because Mike has stripped down the wizard after having been asked not to include it, and he's gone back with a, a, a slimmed-down version. And B, because Justin Tadlock was one of the people who originally created the the law, for want of a better word, the guidelines around the inclusion of themes and what could be included and what could be not included. But it was in an era where the the themes were classic themes and they had they had the customizer. 
So the the rules were built around what could be included and shouldn't be included in the customizer. Customizer in this case doesn't exist, so he says, let's give it a pass. On the other hand, you've got um, people like Carolina Nymark who are saying, no, allowing this onboarding experience will set a precedent that erodes the standards of the team is trying to uphold for the ecosystem uh, hosted on WordPress.org and gives Ollie an unfair commercial advantage. Now, we could quote them all, but probably there's no merit in that. My my intuition is that Mike, having made free themes for all this time, I just don't feel like he's that kind of bad actor. I have this intuition that he's doing it for the right reasons. In fact, he says as much. He says, uh, what does he say? Given the amount of pushback, Mike McAllister is now torn about removing everything extra. Sorry, I can't find the quote. Here we go. This is it. Quote. I built this as a good faith attempt to help people onboard into block themes and hopefully even help drive adoption, he said. My intentions are pure and steeped in 15 years of doing it the WP way. It is an attempt to move the needle worth a shot anyway. Uh, paint into the background here the fact that th the block themes are really not taking off. The, the idea that block themes would by now dominate the landscape just hasn't turned out to be true. So Mike's saying, look, I'm doing something innovative. This is going to help people who just don't want to go near a block-based theme. At least I'm giving them some pointers. So I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted. I can see it from both sides. I'm being typically liberal. I'm sitting on the <laughs> fence, uh, and I'm going to leave it to you guys to, uh, to figure it out for me. Nice. <laughs> Over to you. Yeah, it's a chin scratcher, isn't it, Michelle? What are you doing? Yeah. I, I mean, I always lean towards education is better. And if there's something that can help people understand better how to use WordPress, whether it's theme specific or not, it's a good thing. We have those in plugins, as you've said, and as that article points out. Um, but I also understand process and developing a process that means that whatever we do is fair and equal to all. And that just because one person acts in good faith if we haven't vetted a process by allowing that to happen, opens the door for people who are not acting in good faith. So I also am torn, um, and I, I'm going to be interested to watch and see how this develops. Further. Yeah, it's difficult, this one, isn't it? And as luck would have it, in drops Patrick Posner, uh, who is the other half of Ollie. I've mentioned Mike McAllister because he was the chap that I interviewed about it because he was going, he was running solo at the time. But since then, Patrick, who is, um, he has another plugin called Simply Static. Um, he's now the other half of the Ollie team. So, yeah, give us some live updates. <laughs> he says he's happy to give us some live. I love this show. <laughs> it's great when stuff like that happens. Um, yeah, so whilst we give Patrick a moment to uh, to put his side of the equation, what do you reckon, James? I don't think this is a square that any of us four are going to circle, but nevertheless, what's your... So I have a bit of a unique perspective because I nice. worked at Envato for five years. Um, and so for those of you who know, Envato has a, a, a theme review and a plug-in review process that has coding standards, whether people acknowledge them or not. <laughs> um, and... Uh, we would deal with this all the time. And one of the challenges that you have to consider is like Car Carolina brings up, it, it's really, it's review at scale, right? This is not about Holly theme. It's not about Mike or Patrick. This is about review at scale. 
and um, setting precedents. Um, and I will just use notifications in WordPress themes as the marker of pain and death um, for everyone as an example that is of cool. where where the slippery slope leads. I have also um, chatted um, extensively with Mike. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ollie, so I, I know what they're up to and their onboarding experience. I think is incredibly innovative. Um, what we have to do is figure out how how and when to break the rules when innovation is going to lead to progress. Um, and I'll use WordCamp Europe as a prime example of where the foundation already has a track record of doing this. When WordCamp Europe was first pitched, it faced opposition because that's not how WordCamps are done. WordCamps are local. WordCamps are supposed to be this thing. And here comes this experiment called WordCamp Europe that tried to do things a different way, was given a little bit of flex and freedom to be able to innovate and do things differently. And as a result, we have what I believe is the flagship WordPress event around the world. It is a fantastic experience. Um, and so with Ollie, we have to, what we have to do is figure out, okay, where are we going to give the theme review team permission to innovate? Who ultimately, what's the process for that so that it's at least transparent so that people can, can understand that. And we also have to give permission to the theme review team to be selective and say, yeah, no, this is great. This is innovative. We're letting one in. Just because we let this one in doesn't mean we'll let everybody in. No, nice. that's not maybe necessarily fair, right? Mm. But here's the model. If you can show and prove in your, um, in your process or in the code that you're submitting or in whatever you're doing, that you are adding value to the experience and you are living these specific things that we've identified as being required for themes, right? Or for the, the project, then we will consider it and make a decision and, um, you know, prove it or, or decline it. I think that probably captures the balance, right? It's not necessarily fair. It's not necessarily equitable, but it's, it's the pragmatic approach, in my opinion, that keeps the, the necessary review requirements in place for scale, um, while also being accepting of innovation and allowing for thought leaders and new approaches um, to help push the project forward as well. In the piece that you write, uh, sorry, that you write, that uh, that was written by Sarah Gooding, she actually does mention that Justin Tadlock kind of class classifies this in that way. He uses the term special case. He mm. said the team reps can and have all, and have always had the capability to mark a theme as a, air quotes, special case. There's even a tag for this in the back end, or there was mm. when I was a rep, he says. But that is really interesting, isn't it? You know, just the idea that occasionally somebody's going to submit something which is so different that rather than just say, well, it's not, it's not part of the, the, the rule book, that it might be good enough to say, well, I, do you know what? Maybe the rule book's, <laughs> maybe the rule book's something that needs looking at at this point. And um, the, the sort of sad point of this story, though, is that Mike, given all of the contributions that he's made, he made the following tweet, uh, and I'll quote from his Twitter account, after a very, oh, X account, after a very rocky, <laughs> and in brackets, and downright combative 
theme review process at WordPress.org, I'm not sure if it's the right place for our at built with Ollie project. In other words, you know, I'll take my my theme and I'll just I'll just do it all um, from our own project. So, um, Atif, anything on that before I take it to Patrick's comments, which are coming in thick and fast? Yeah, sure. I mean, maybe just to play the other side, maybe give another um, side of it. Um, I don't disagree with some of the things that you know Michelle and James said, but I actually did watch a new video of how the onboarding process works and just looking at it. Definitely, I, it just seems like most plugins, how they work when they have an onboarding process. So I, it didn't really seem like, you know, it didn't come across as this is a theme. It looked like a plugin, how a plugin would onboard, like if you went to WooCommerce or something. Um, so I can kind of, I really understand from the theme review people, uh, the, the team's point of view, that where is, you know, the line now between a theme and a plugin, you're really blurring that line. Um, and we don't want to set precedents. I can, I can understand your point of view about maybe special cases, but then, uh, it, it, you know, you're blurring, I think when you're blurring the line, these rules are in place for a reason, just to create a, an open playing play field. So I think that's something to take care of. Yeah, you are right. You put the other side very nicely. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's go to uh, let's go to Patrick's comments. So just just to be clear, let's put this in the record. Patrick is with Mike on this project. So he says, for peace of mind, um, of everyone involved, we separate our onboarding process into a separate plugin and ship the theme as a traditional FSE theme. Uh, okay, thank you. Then he goes on. We talked a lot with the review team and decided that we should be available on the repository mm. even without the onboard experience. Okay, so maybe there's a resolution coming here. Uh, this way we'll be able to ship the original onboarding solution, including things like generating a child theme or setting a logo uh, so that is interesting. So it's definitely moved on since that piece was written. But I do wonder, Patrick, what your feelings are. You, you s s spelled out what you've what you've done there. I wonder how it's made you uh, you feel about that. And then Courtney is back. There are several track tickets about using learn content as part of onboarding. I want to see if the functionality of Ollie might lend itself to core learn onboarding. So that's then generalizing the onboarding and making it available as a plugin for everybody. Is that what you're saying, Courtney? So that there's this like onboarding plugin or something like that, which any theme developer could use. And you, there would at least be a sort of standard onboarding API, if you like, or something like that. Um, also, James's point about the theme review is solid. Cameron said, I've always be con been confused as to why the theme review process is so cumbersome compared to the process for plugins, regardless of how this goes, I think there's need for improvement of the whole process. My my intuition there, Cameron, is uh, is something along the lines of Juliet. I imagine it's a people on the ground problem as much as anything else. Um, I just think it's uh, it's the muddled nature of functionality in a theme or not, right? It's right, right, right. Yeah. That line is not hard, yeah. right? Like it's it's blurry, and that makes it challenging. Because what goes in a theme versus what doesn't, especially with FSC themes, where it is the design layer, it's blocks, right? We're talking about patterns. It's a very different world to even classic themes, um, which had a little bit more flexibility on that. But yeah, no, Cam, you're right. It's 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 cumbersome, sure. Um, Rob says Mike is frustrated because he had to he had 
tried to do everything above board and peter chips in thanks patrick i know there was concern that there is more to maintain with a plugin but i think that's a really good move yeah maybe this story has developed during the Mm. time that we've uh since that was published and now anyway fascinating subject i would just want to agree with what cameron said because i i think you know the more and more the core of wordpress develops the more and more themes will develop and become more you know functional and do more things so i think that this conversation should be reviewed on what is a theme what isn't what can we allow because things will only become more and more i don't know complicated or more you know I think I think uh, James's analogy of the um, notifications thing is a great example mm. of where g- give people an inch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and they'll happily take the mile. So, uh, yeah, man, I can see it from both sides. Mm. <laughs> That's not helpful. I, I think this is where core steps up, right? Because right. you know, like this is where we go. Okay, our, I mean. Part of the challenge of WordPress is also its magic. The magic of WordPress is that it is so extensible, right? And that themes and plugins make it unique on a per site basis, right? Like you can have exactly what you want and nothing else. But it also means that we end up encountering these challenges, whether it's on the plugin side or the theme side, where, you know, like that onboarding process for somebody who's new to WordPress, new to the uh, .org version of WordPress, I should say, um, is an uphill battle, right? For any new person getting in. And and maybe there's part of that conversation as well where we have to be clear about who like who the user is or what what the audience, the, the target audience is for a .org version of WordPress and what the expected understanding or learning or knowledge of WordPress is before they're even getting into that. Yeah. Um, yep. You know. Every so often on this podcast, we segue quite well. Not very often, but once in a while we do. And this is one of those moments. Look at that. Um, perfect. <laughs> Thank you, James, for teeing this up. The uh, The next piece is off the tavern. It's called WordPress Plugin Review Team Onboards New Members Releases Plugin to Flag Common Errors. So <laughs> here's what they're trying to do. Um, so, okay. If we hadn't have had that discussion that we've just had, I feel that like this would be entirely positive. Maybe it's got a little bit colored by what we've just been talking about. But there are now 1,260 uh, plugins. So we're not talking about themes now, but you can see the connection, right? Um, the There are 1,260 plugins which are awaiting review. That's a lot. That really is a lot. And if you've put your life and soul into designing a plugin and you want it on the repo and, and you suddenly realize you've got this gigantic weight from the moment you finished it until possibly you're going to be told, no, you've got a bunch of things which need fixing, and then you've got another gigantic weight, then anything that can make this go away is a good thing. And so steps have been taken. Um, Although the backlog seems to be getting worse, says Sarah Gooding on the tavern, um, an update announcing new systems in the team putting in, the team is putting in place to get the solution under control, sorry, the situation under control, during the last six months, the plugin review team has worked on documenting its processes. So any people joining, i.e. training new members and so on, that's improved. It's not like, okay, just shadow somebody for ages. Now it's a case of, here, read this in your own spare time. They've onboarded two new rounds of members. Three more reviewers have been added. I know these numbers seem like tiny numbers, but it's, you know, it's what it is. Um, and the system in place to make this easier in, in the future has been set up. 
After receiving 40 applications to join the team, the form now will be closed at the end of September. So that number sounds a lot more positive, doesn't it? The number 40 sounds way better than three. Also, um, plug-in authors in the queue will be sent an email which which will allow them to hopefully self-check. I know this is like a Band-Aid over a wider problem, but it's something, right? They'll be sent an email saying, these are typically the things that we failed people for. Go and check against those before you submit it. And apparently 95 plus percent of plugins that have errors um, can be corrected with whatever is contained inside that email. So again, something. And is possibly the best news. Well, actually, no, the bodies on the ground is the best news. A new plugin called Plugin Check uh, has been published on WordPress.org for plugin authors to self-review common errors, which will eventually be integrated into the plugin submission process. So at the moment, it's self-serve. Get the plugin, do the work yourself. But at some point, it'll be, okay, you can't even get to the theme review team mm. unless you go through what this plugin requires you to do I, I feel atif if you want to take this one on this uh this is a frustrating situation it uh, feels definitely. like you know this is a band-aid a bit but it feels like oh it's way better than what we've had yeah this is like definitely this is like one of those situations where maybe you you've got like a a well and you've got buckets of water and there's holes in the buckets and you're trying your best right. to just like to get the get the, the water so definitely you know something has to be done what can we do but I think this really full circles back to uh, earlier in the conversation about the coding standards, because once you have solid coding standards, then you can have a plugin which checks other plugins, and then the process is clear. Okay, the plugin scans what you're about to submit. If it doesn't find that you've met certain criteria, you can't submit it. That will definitely, inevitably, not only help cut down the, the list of plugins waiting for manual reviews, but also improve the quality of plugins that are being submitted because then you've kind of checked and screened them. So uh, I think it all is so interlinked where we, with, with um, things that we were talking, discussed earlier. Um, thank you for that, Artif. The, the, one of the founders of uh, Stackable, uh, which is a plugin block suite, um, ben Intel, he's joining us and he says the queue is now 101 days long. Okay, so that 1,260 now equates to more or less a third of a year. Um, I was going to say in the UK, we have this thing called the NHS. Oh, you're not touching the NHS for waiting time. That's nothing. But uh, nevertheless, compared to Canadian wait times, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But still, still. You know, if if this is your career and you've, uh, I don't know, you just you just need it reviewing. All of this is going in the right direction, and it just speaks to okay. Somebody listened somewhere, and things are being done. Is it the perfect solution? Probably not. We could probably throw a million dollars at this, and it wouldn't go away. But still, something's being done. But it's demoralizing, I guess, Ben. Um, Michelle, it's hard, or James. Yeah, where there's where there's review, there's a queue. It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, it's we had to deal with this. It's profoundly. Oh, this time it's a rhyme. Damn it, I'm giving up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I interrupted. Writing that down. We love our cues as well. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. we're famous for his cues. <laughs> yeah. We love our cues. It's true. Make, so make it longer. I want it longer. <laughs> it's funny. I was I was actually on the Envato forums um, a couple of days ago, which is why this is so fresh, looking at some of my old posts where I was literally talking about how the queue for video review had gone from 
you know, 30 days to, to 180 days because of the amount of content that had come in from um, a couple of providers. There's just no way for there not to be a queue if you have a filter, if you have that process. But anything we can do in our process to make it easier, I think we can. But it also has to be part of you as um, a creator to consider as part of the business reality. So if you are planning to launch something in WordPress, you as a business, if if that's what you want to do, um, just have to take that on board, right? Like there will be a process. It's going to take six months. So maybe you start by getting it in the queue and and figure out ways for for the queue to be able to self-update it. So maybe you just get in line now, right? With what you plan to re- release in the next six months um, and and then have an updated version. I don't know. Can I ask a question maybe to everybody to see how they feel about this? Because, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, we love queues in the UK and uh, we love to find ways of making money from queues as well. Uh, any... <laughs> Any government waiting time, there's always like a fast track. How would you feel if there was like a fast track where you can pay something and then you get caught at the front of this use? Oh, I'm oh. gonna, I'm gonna crush, I'm gonna crush that one right from the start yeah. because that's not gonna fly. Going, <laughs> going back to those underrepresented people, you know, we have people who are submitting plugins from all over the world, and not everybody has the cash flow to be able mm. to fast track, and so that creates a very disparate. Um, inopportunity for yeah, people I, to, I feel to like, get seen. So I, I think I, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on record and saying, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, One, I, I think you'll be literally pilloried uh, <laughs> if somebody was to try and enforce that. I, I totally get it, right? That, I mean, obviously that is a completely viable solution in so many scenarios. Think of like a theme park where you've been queuing for like four hours to get on that ride. And then a little mm. dude shows up with his fast track ticket and you're like, Hell, <laughs> just got it. Um, and it just there's just so such a lack of e- equanimity there. I recently I feel had to this can my be, passport yeah. just to renew my passport. The queue time, if I just did a normal submission to get a renewed passport, was like six months, but I could pay, I can't remember how much it was now, and I could have a next stage service. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, I know it's crazy, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. one one thing to consider you've lost your audio, he's James. lost his audio again. <laughs> And it's so profound. I'm lip breathing and it's just gold. It's gold. <laughs> yeah, you are gold. We, yeah, yeah. we don't hear you. Try um try the, the hard refresh and we'll see if that brings you back. Yeah, something's balked there, isn't it? I suspect it's your OS uh changing on the fly, but we'll we'll grab him back. Um yeah, really interesting. Do you know what though? Like not to not to completely kibosh Atif's idea, right? Um, no, we lost his camera. Oh, brilliant. Uh, keep going, James. Stay with us. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me yeah, now? Yeah. Can I just finish my sentence? I do apologize. Yeah. What if James's idea, sorry, Atif's idea was used and it paid for people like Juliet? Oh, see? Mm. Or it it's paid for, def- or there was a way to pay for the review. Still doesn't feel right. It feels icky. It still disadvantages people yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. from yeah. what about um, nations. There's a business idea. I'll start a business of reviewing yeah, other people's plugin and charging them. <laughs> that actually exists. So oh, no. um, within <laughs> within the the Envato ecosystem, and I'll use this as a parallel because a lot of these are, are are common issues. There are um, even some of the actual reviewers 
would have um, services that they would offer to prospective authors that were looking to do it saying, hey, if you want a review before you jump in the queue, we'll do that, right? We'll provide that for you and give you a sense of the the dot points that you need as a paid a paid add-on. Um, it doesn't necessarily increase their position in the queue, but it, mm-hmm. it helps them with the, the possibility of rejection. Because that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to get into the queue. It's another thing to get through the queue to the front of the line only to be rejected and then have to go to the back of the queue right Mm -hmm. with your next submission and go through that process again um so one one thought i was going to add as a potential solution here um is a a program that we had done at envato which was a trusted author program which is where authors that had already submitted and had an approved um, plugin um were from a trusted program so that they would maybe not necessarily have to go through the entire process but would were added to a list of trusted so they could get if you want to talk fast track that's how you get fast track you get fast track by being good at creating code got right it. and meeting the rules and that's how you get through um the queue faster for you so it's a merit-based system based yeah. on past endeavors as opposed to a paid-for system i yep. i point everybody to the article from marika uh <laughs> 10 minutes ago it's the same problem <laughs> in a different format isn't it it's the yeah. exact same thing uh, right. Okay. Time is running really short. So I'm going to miss a whole bunch of the stuff that I plan to uh, do out. I'm sorry about that, but I will uh, just mention a few things. Not that. Um, if you're on the .org side of things, and obviously if you're a plugin theme developer, that whole .org login is like truly crucial to you. It, it really isn't to me. I, you know, I log in and poke around a little bit, but you've now got the option to, uh, to use t- 2FA, two-factor authentication uh, as a security mechanism to log into that account. And, you know, in, in the same way that the bank is quite an important thing for me to have 2FA on, I imagine that if your livelihood is wrapped up in plugins and themes, that's a nice thing to be able to see. Um, then I'm going to quickly mention, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to pass this over to, to Michelle. What's this uh, one? I- are you passing the mic to me? I'm passing you the mic. No, not this mic, because it's attached to this stand. I remember that. And yeah. I love the way you say stand. Uh, so Saturday was happy International Podcast Day. It was International Podcast Day. And I reached out to as many WordPress podcasters as I could think of, uh, mostly through Postatus and other places, and asked people to kind of do that TikTok challenge where they say, I'm passing the phone to so-and-so. And instead, we came up with 18 of us passing the mic back and forth, talking about the things that we all do in WordPress. And I think it was it was a beautiful video. It was beautiful. I like it better as video than I, actually than as the audio because there's a lot of visual things that people are doing. Uh, but it works yeah. either way. And it was just kind of exciting to pull it together. Um, literally stitching it together as I was getting ready to walk out the door to WordCamp Rochester's speaker dinner. So... Apologies if I did spell people's names wrong. I was oh, going off memory. Oh, oh. Trying to get it done as quickly as possible. So Remkes, I I do apologize. Um, because I did mess up his last name a bit. So uh, but the sentiments were all there and it was I, I hope you enjoyed being part of it, Nathan. Oh, it was lovely. Thank you. You know me and podcasting. I absolutely love it. So what a nice initiative. You can find this wpcoffeetalk.com forward slash podcast forward slash podcasting day twenty twenty three. It's a bit of fun. And uh, we need that in the world these days. Right. Of the two things that we've got remaining, which one shall I raise? I think I'm going to go for this one because it's just AI. And we know how much I love to bash AI. (laughs) This is exactly why I'm worried, right? Chinese artist. 
There's Chinese artists painting. Look how great that is. Aren't you impressed by that? Wouldn't you as an artist be happy to have sat down at, a paint, at an easel and to have spent decades perfecting your technique to make such a wonderful piece of art? On the other hand, you could be an AI that spent probably a couple of minutes scraping it and then produced more or less exactly identical content. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, the bad side of AI. I know it's got its upsides, but this is the stuff which is starting to bother me more and more. This, this artist is now going to really struggle because she's got this unique style. She does this one thing and she does it brilliantly. And she was so in demand. And now like who, who's going to pay for that now? If you can just click a button and say, do it in the style of that person. And the answer is, I suspect, not as many people as before. So well, I don't know if you've got what, any comments on that. That's what the writer's strike was, uh, is, is and was about as they're trying to come up to resolution is if AI is taking the jobs of writers of television and movie um, writers, it's not only taking their jobs, but it's profiting off the work they've already done because it's scraping all of that information. Yeah. Well, I'm so mm. excited about all these technologies, but at the same time, I think sometimes we have to just put the brakes on and be be a bit of an adult about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a bit like you don't let your children do certain things because you know they'd have fun, right? But <laughs> at the same time, you know ultimately it's going to hurt. <laughs> yes. So you know, I don't know. Just I'm yeah. Anyway, I always do that every week. I hijack the conversation about an AI piece. There's no time. That's it. We're out of time. We've done the show. That's everything I've got for you today. I would just like to say a big thank you because I thought that was a really interesting conversation on so mm. many levels. We had a really nice chat. Did we solve anything? Who knows? Did we air things? Yes, we did. Um, and so and for that, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've got a title for this one. It's called Where There's a Review, There's a Cue. I like that. Um, that works. But, yeah. Thank you so much to Atif for joining us today. Thank you so much for Michelle. Thank you to James as well. And thank you for anybody who joined us in the comments today. That was very much appreciated. I'd see if you won't know this bit, but we have to do this slightly, well, we don't have to, but I'd appreciate it if you did, um, do this slightly humiliating thing where we raise our hands and I take a screenshot of everybody with hands raised. At, oh, James, I didn't get, yeah, that's it. Nice. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I got it. Oh, the bracelet. The bracelet yeah, was yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't watched this before. Yeah. We'll be back. I'm going to remember week. that in the future. Uh, it'll, it'll be back <laughs> next week. Um, but thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. If guys, thank if you. the video gets hijacked at the end, uh, just stay with it for a minute and then kick yourself off. But hopefully it won't. So we'll see you next week for another show. Take it easy. Bye.